Welcome back to the Norwood Noise Podcast. It is Tuesday, February 13th. Apologies for the, for the delay on the episode this week. Um, a huge weekend for both myself and Graham, um, of course. And then also, personally, I was out of town traveling um, with some Super Bowl-related travel. So just a, a really kind of busy week going on for the both of us. Um, busy weekend. Um, and yeah, so didn't have time to you know get around to it this weekend, but... We're here on Tuesday, or at least I'm here on Tuesday. Um, Graham's leaving town today for uh, the Xavier away game tomorrow. So we're going to look at trying and get like a midweek update with him next week. Um, just that way we don't have to go a full week with, you know, especially after a big week last week with just my uh, perspective and reaction. But I felt, you know, I had to get to the listeners today make sure that um, you did have something to kind of get you through the early part of this week, especially with what a big weekend we had. And really just big week overall in college hoops. Um, so I'm going to run through all the scores real quick. Um, I'm going to try and keep that portion under 10-ish minutes. I don't want to go um, too long on that, but we'll get some quick reactions on everything that happened this past week and over the weekend in college hoops. Um, and then I would also uh, like to do a little bit of a bracketology episode just because um, I'm running the ship today and it's you know mid-February already somehow. Um, here on February 13th. So I'm going to go through and we're going to talk a little bracketology, look at some different ranking, uh, some different metrics and things like that. Um, and then we'll go from there. So anywho, all right, we're going to get this thing underway starting last Monday, February 5th. Kansas takes a road loss to Kansas State. Um, obviously, it's always going to be a tough game going on the road uh, in Manhattan. Um, Kansas State moves to 11-0 and under Jerome Tang overtime. It's absolutely incredible what he's doing there in overtime and uh good on him great great win for tang and for that program to keep them you know keep their tournament hopes alive i would say um but obviously things aren't looking great for that kansas state team kansas we'll get to a little bit later in the episode but uh that was a that was a start to a really tough week for the jayhawks looking at tuesday the big headlining uh result was clemson getting a big big win over north carolina uh, in Chapel Hill, 80 to 76. Um, you know, for those of you that saw it, Armando Baycott, um, North Carolina forward, had a lot to say about the team's attitude coming off the Duke win over the the weekend prior. Um, and so it is worth noting that like that is a really really big um, kind of mentality thing that has been an issue in the past at both Duke and North Carolina, um, and really with any team coming off a big win. But I know specifically they have talked about it before. Um, and Baycott saying, you know, guys were late for practice, you know, um, you know, taking time to not show up, you know, and, and really give full effort and shoot around and things like that. And that's just something to keep an eye on 
with this North Carolina team, obviously still tracking them, you know, around that one seed mark right now, but that's a really tough loss. Uh, Clemson gets their second win ever in, in the Dean Dome, which is a pretty unreal number. Um, so good on them. That's a good win. But definitely something to keep an eye on with how that North Carolina team continues uh, moving forward after, you know, a really difficult loss at home. And one that's just really hard to take. So um, South Carolina also is for real. Um, they get the win over Ole Miss last Tuesday. Um, and they're now still sitting at 21-3, and tied for first in the um, in the SEC with Alabama at 9-2. and Um and coming up now for uh, the Gamecocks is, I would say, nearly a must-watch on Wednesday. You're going at number 13, Auburn. That's going to be a really entertaining game. Um, and I'll be interested to see how how they handle it. Um, you know, how they handle, obviously, what's going to be a tough environment. Um, and obviously, a really good Auburn team there as well. But then after that, you got home LSU, at Ole Miss, at Texas A&M is a tough one, home Florida. So there's, you know, definitely some chances to slip up, but... We'll see how the South Carolina team continues to click along um, after you know what's been a really really impressive season so far. Um, Oklahoma knocks off BYU again. BYU Oklahoma just in that kind of gauntlet of the Big Twelve, um, but that's a good win. Anytime you can get a win over a ranked team um, and take care of business at home in the Big Twelve is important. So good win for Oklahoma. Um, Iowa State uh, goes into Austin and uh, gets a good win over Texas. Texas came all the way back in this game from 17 down um, to make it close, but just Iowa State was just too much. They're still looking pretty solid this season. Um, Dayton gets a testy win on the road at St. Joe's, so that's a that's a good one to take note of. That was actually the first time I got to see the Flyers was that game, and then on Friday against VCU. So I got to watch the Flyers a little bit this week. I'm really, really impressed um, with this Dayton team. I think that um, they're going to end up probably around that 4-5-6 seed line. Um it, when it comes NCAA tournament time, obviously I think they're pretty much a lock at this point, unless they were to lose out or anything like that. Um, but they're really, really impressive and really, really fun to watch. Um, I, I really, I mean, I would say that probably the most, obviously the most impressive to me has been Deron Holmes. Um, you know, he's obviously leading the team in scoring average at, at 19.4, um, but he's shooting the ball to over 50% clip. Um, you know, from the field, which is pretty, pretty, really pretty impressive. Um, and that also comes with a 40%, um, near nearly 40% three-point uh, percentage as well. So between those two things, um, they're a really solid team. They're also pretty solid free-throw shooting as well. That's worth noting. Um, they have three guys that are shooting over 80% from the line, and, and the fourth one's at 76, so that's also really important come tournament time. And I was glad I got to see a little bit more Dayton Flyer basketball because they look really, really good, and I'll be interested to see, you know, it's going to depend a lot on matchups and things like that, especially if they end up in a four or five game and, and you end up with one of those really good 12 or really good 13 seeds. Interested to see um, what happens there if, you know, if they kind of shake out to be a, a really, really, um, you know, a really vulnerable team. Um, but overall, I think they've got, you know, the fixings for what could be a pretty solid uh, tournament team as well going forward. UConn gets a home win over Butler, 71-62. That's a good win for them. Um Nevada goes on the road and beats Utah State 77-63. Again, continuing to make the Mountain West a really interesting race to watch as we move along. And Baylor gets a home win over Texas Tech, 79-73 Texas Tech. Um, really up and down season, giving some really good teams runs, knocking off some really good teams, but also losing some really weird ones. Um, you know, that was an expected loss, obviously, for Texas Tech. But still, 
still a game you got to pay attention to. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, still a game you got to pay attention to uh, as, you know, kind of another backbreaker, you know, in the in the Big 12. Um, just with another really tight result. On Wednesday, the, uh, the 7th, we had Auburn uh, getting a big win at home against Alabama. Um, huge win for Auburn. Huge win in that, uh, you know, the basketball version of the Iron Ball there. Iron Bowl there. Um, so good win for our Auburn. Uh, fun to see them, you know, really starting to click. Um, and Bruce Pearl's got that team in a good spot. Providence gets a road win um, over, or excuse me, a home win over Creighton in overtime, 91-87. Um, a good win for the for the Friars to kind of keep their tournament hopes alive. Um, they're teetering as well, similar a similar position to kind of Xavier and Villanova. Those three teams seem to all be kind of in a similar spot right now as we you know get down the backstretch of this uh, Big East season. Michigan with a huge win over Wisconsin. Obviously, Michigan's season is done and dusted, eight and fifteen. Um, but Wisconsin, a really really weird stretch. Um, so they get themselves up to I think it was sixth in the country at one point um, earlier this season or sixth or eighth somewhere in there. Uh, they get a good win over Michigan State, and then since then it's four losses in a row. It's a road loss at Nebraska, which obviously we've seen, especially in overtime. It's a really tough one to get you know, to get a win out of there. Um, and then you take a home loss to Purdue and you're like, okay, not a big deal. Obviously Purdue national title contender, um, and uh, unbelievably hard to, to match up against. But then you got at Michigan at Rutgers. And that's like, those are two games that you have to have to execute and respond. Um, you take a four point loss on the road to Michigan. Who's just one of the worst teams, but if not, I, I mean, they're sitting in the bottom of the barrel right now, worst team, in the big 10, and then you go to Rutgers and you lose seventy-eight to fifty-six. You lost by twenty-two. So really big response week here. Something to keep an eye on is this Wisconsin team. I have no idea where their committee is going to put them uh, based on these really hot and cold trends. But you have home Iowa, or excuse me, home Ohio State at Iowa. These are two must-win games. Period. End of discussion for Wisconsin. So definitely, if you're if you're intrigued, give you know follow along with that because that could be a really interesting storyline as we get closer into uh tournament time <clears throat> moving to thursday february 8th <laughs> a couple games to note here um we'll start with uab over fau um that this game went to overtime 76 73 the blazers get the win blazers sitting at 15 and 8 they could be a sneaky team uh, i don't think they're they have an at-large bid um available to them um but i do think that you know they could be a sneaky team uh getting uh, getting out of that uh, American Conference Tournament. Um, Florida Atlantic, on the other hand, I just cannot figure this team out. Um, I've, I mean, there are points in the season where I really liked them. A good win over Arizona, obviously, um, and some other good non-con games. You know, and you've played okay in in the in your conference play regular season, um, but just had some sneaky ones, like a really close one against North Texas, who's a good team. Obviously, lose to UIB, and then it took you overtime to beat Wichita State on Sunday. Um you know, February 11th. So just a really weird spot for this, for this FAU team. I mean, here, there were, you know, most of the remaining schedule, you've got home temple at South Florida, which actually at South Florida on that Sunday, the 18th at noon on ESPN, that might be a must watch, especially no football this week. South Florida's 10 and one or 17, five overall, but they're 10 and one in the conference sitting up top FAU coming in the building. That could be a really hot atmosphere. Um, and I think a little bit of rivalry game there as well. Obviously, FAU's first year in the conference, but still could be a little bit of rivalry game. So keep an eye on that one. Definitely going to be a must-watch on Sunday. Um, and then home SMU after that one for FAU. So I think these next two, three, before you go on the road to Memphis here in a couple weeks, 
Big, big games for the Owls. <laughs> Arizona-Utah, what a game. This was unbelievable. You had, I straight up, I, I was kind of in tune with this game. I, I was watching the UAB-FAU game, but I had just completely shut off paying attention to the Arizona-Utah game. Obviously, I don't have it. It's on Pac-12 Network. No one seems to be able to get Pac-12 Network for whatever reason. Point being, um, I had kind of stopped paying attention because it was 41-25 at halftime. I was like, all right, Arizona's clearly going to take care of business. Uh, no, 51-35 Utah outscores Arizona in the second half. They push it into overtime. It goes to three overtimes before Arizona's able to pull out a win, 105-99. Um, super entertaining game from what I heard. Um, and just kind of a weird one for Arizona. Obviously, it looks like Arizona should still win the Pac-12 by multiple games. But again, don't really know. They're they're sitting to, they're looking like they're kind of averaging a... Um, you know, a one to two seed right now in a lot of metric um, areas. And I just don't, I, I don't see that from them. I think they'd be a very vulnerable one or two seed. Um, and I think they should probably sit a little bit closer, um, you know, to more of that two, three, four line personally. Um, but we'll see, you know, how the rest of their season shakes out. Friday night, like I said, I got Seymour Dayton Flyer basketball, and then we also had Nevada uh, hosting San Diego State. They get the win in overtime, seventy to sixty-six. Nevada does um, again, just adding to an incredibly intriguing um, Mountain West battle. There currently the standings: we have Utah State atop the standings at eight and three, and then we have New Mexico, Colorado State, San Diego State, and Boise State. Those four teams all at seven and four, and then Nevada and UNLV at six and four. So strap in, folks! It is going to be a fun, fun stretch. Um, for Mountain West basketball, I, I can't cannot emphasize enough that every game I think is a must watch at this point um, in that conference. Moving to Saturday, um, Rutgers uh, gets uh, like I said that big win over Wisconsin, um, kind of middle of the day. I think I mean Rutgers not a great spot when it comes to a resume, uh, tournament resume at this point, but could be sneaky um, if you if you string together a couple wins, a good start for them there. Michigan State gets a huge win at home against Illinois. Illinois, kind of a shaky team. You look at the resume, you don't really see a ton of flashy wins. Um, I think FAU right now is probably their best win. Um, so Michigan State, interesting to see how they continue to roll after this because um, that's a big win at home against Illinois. I'm interested to see um, where things go from here for Michigan State. Um, you know, Definitely still in that tournament conversation. Obviously, they've underachieved compared to preseason rankings. Um, but since then, they've kind of stayed the ship. So interesting to see, uh, you know, what what comes from, um, you know, a big win against a ranked team, whether they are deserving of that ranking or not. That's another question to have. You get a big home win against the number 10 team in the country. Obviously, it's going to give you some sort of confidence. So we'll see how Michigan State does uh, moving forward. Florida, a big home win, 81-65 uh, against Auburn. They, they are almost a, a surefire tournament team as long as they keep playing at their level that they're at. Um but it really, a, a, I mean, a butt whoop in there for Florida over Auburn. And it was it was early and often. So definitely interested to see um, how Auburn responds this week, especially with the big one against South Carolina on Wednesday. Gonzaga over Kentucky in Rupp Arena. Wow, wow, wow. Gonzaga still has a lot of work to do. Um, but a huge win uh, over Kentucky. A lot of controversy about um, Rob Dillingham for Kentucky not seeing a ton of the floor. Um, Graham Ek for Gonzaga just went absolutely nuts uh, late in the game with the kind of pick and roll lobs, um, and 
Gonzaga or Kentucky obviously struggled to guard, but really struggled even more so to get on the glass. So I'll be interested to see Kentucky's physicality. Will that come to hurt them down the stretch? Um, definitely a sneaky thing to kind of keep an eye on. North Carolina sneaks out of Coral, Great, Coral Gables uh, 75-72 with a win over Miami. Kansas at home plays host to Baylor and College Game Day. They get a 64-61 win after completely gift-wrapping the game for Baylor, trying to give it away, giving away two wide-open threes in the last um, 20, 30 seconds there. So good on the Jayhawks to sneak out of there with the win, but, man, that was that was really bad um, You know, down the stretch from the Jayhawks. It is worth noting Kevin McCuller does have uh, uh, seems to be a bone bruise in the knee and also – Dwan Harris was hurt at the end of that Baylor game. Um, so we'll see how these injuries kind of affect the Jayhawks that are already super, super thin, don't have a huge, um, you know, a, a lot of room to kind of move around um, when it comes to, you know, depth on their bench. So we'll see we'll see what happens there, but definitely worth noting. Um, I would like to just shout out Zach Eady, his first career three, to go 26 and 13, 26 points, 13 rebounds. Um you know, at home against Indiana, 79-59, huge win for the Boilermakers. Um, that was a fun clip to watch there. AM uh with a, a big win over uh, home or home win over Tennessee. Um, tough loss for Tennessee. I don't think it's horrible though, just because of the way that, um, just because of the the way that the SEC is this year. That Texas A&M is always a tough place to play, um, and I, I really like um, this A&M team kind of. You know, as a sneaky team coming out of the SEC. That being said, um, Tennessee, you know, still in a fine spot. Um, but to really compete for that SEC title, you're going to have to continue to kind of win games down the stretch here that maybe you're not, you know, not favored to. And that's a tough loss to take there. UNLV a home win against New Mexico again, continuing to add to the storyline of the of the Mountain West. But huge win for UNLV to stay alive in the conference title race. Um, Going on the road to the pit, getting a win, eighty to seventy-seven, pretty incredible. Um, Arizona huge win over Colorado, ninety-nine seventy-nine, really putting a stamp a stamp on it, and again adding to their you know ability to kind of have some leeway going down the stretch here in the Pac-12. And then Utah State eighty to sixty-one over Boise State, again another huge win in the Mountain West um, to kind of round out the evening on Saturday. Um, and then uh, we already talked FAU and Wichita State from Sunday. Moving to Monday, a um, couple of big games. Duke, really, really close game at home um, against Wake Forest. They get the win, though, 77-69. Um, this Duke team seems to be finding a little bit of form outside of the North Carolina game. They've started to play really well here down the stretch. So we'll see what's to come for Duke. Um, they have a... Um, <clears throat> You know they're they're one game back. Them and Virginia are one game back from the UN from UNC and the ACC. Um, UNC, Duke, Virginia. I think Clemson's probably still in the tournament conversation pretty solidly. Um, maybe one or two others are in that conversation from the ACC. Um, Duke moving forward at Florida State, at Miami, at Wake. That's a tough three game road stretch. Um, but then you finish home Louisville, or and then you have home Louisville, home Virginia. So I think over those next four, if you can go at least three and one, I think Duke's in a pretty good spot. Um, with that big home date against Virginia at the beginning of March. And then the final game of the Monday evening slot, um, Texas Tech gets a huge, huge, huge home win for them and for their tournament resume, 79-50 to 50 over Kansas. Um, no Kevin McCuller, you know, a, a limping. Um, Dewan Harris, you know, it, it, was a, it was a tall order for the Jayhawks. 
um, going into the game. Uh, and, and obviously that crowd was hopping, and, and Texas Tech really took advantage um, of the Jayhawks there. Um, Bill Self gets ejected uh, for the first time in his KU career, which honestly shocked me. Even as a KU fan, I feel like he had been ejected at least at some other point in his career, but uh, good on him, I guess. Um, kind of a tough look, though, especially when you're already down you know, big in the second half. Um, I think a lot of KU fans would have ejected themselves as well from that game. Um but definitely uh, him and, and Kelvin Sampson both had some issues with Big 12 officiating this week, both uh, Self and Sampson getting ejected this week um, from games. Kelvin Sampson with an all-time fit coming all the way across the floor. That was pretty awesome. So, um, anywho, that's that's this week's results. Um, and then moving forward, we'll just do a quick uh, breakdown looking at some, uh, some bracket matrix stuff. So this is... Uh, come from bracketmatrix.com. If you haven't checked out their website, please do. Um, it kind of gives you the average of seed seed line numbers from all of the kind of main bracketology outlets. That way you kind of know where teams are averaging out right now. Um, and this is as of yesterday, February 12th. But looking at it right now, we've got um, the one seeds, obviously Purdue, Connecticut, Houston, and then Arizona. Like I said, I, I'm a little surprised to see them up there that high. Um, but still averaging well in a lot of computer numbers. Um, and then twos, you got uh, North Carolina, Tennessee, Marquette, Kansas. I think that's a pretty solid um, set of twos. In the threes, right now it's Iowa State, Baylor, Alabama, Auburn. I don't think they would leave, you know, like kind of the two Big 12, two SEC teams on that line, but definitely worth looking at. Fours is Wisconsin, Duke, Illinois, Creighton. Uh, and then fives is Dayton, South Carolina sneaking up there. BYU because they just still look so good in computer numbers. And then San Diego State, your first Mountain West team there. Um, other things just kind of worth noting, um, looking at bubble teams, Seton Hall, Gonzaga, Providence, Wake Forest, Colorado, Memphis, Villanova, and K-State are the teams right now that are averaging to be kind of just outside of that Um that averaging, you know, spot, you know, around the bubble, um, other teams kind of around that bubble conversation, Butler, Ole Miss, Nebraska, Mississippi state, Nevada, Cincinnati, St. John's. Those are teams that, you know, are kind of in that bubble conversation. Also worth mentioning Washington, Washington state, Florida. Um, I think Wazoo and Florida are pretty safely in right now, but outside that bubble talk, these are just, I'm just giving you teams kind of highlight, um, and to keep an eye on as we, as we move here. Um, just a little over a month out from uh, from Selection Sunday. So, obviously, you know, best time of the year is, is right around the corner here um, for all of us basketball nuts. Um, so, yeah, just definitely keep an eye on there. And then to wrap up with the Musketeer Minute, and I'll get more commentary, obviously, from Graham. But, uh, you know, a, a, high, a lot of highs and lows, a little bit of a roller coaster week last week for Xavier. You get a tough, tough, gritty home win, 56-53, and a complete rock fight against Nova at home. You know, things are starting to really look up, and then you let a lot of air out of the balloon with a big opportunity on Saturday uh, at home versus Creighton, and you lose 78-71. Really, really difficult game uh, to take. Um, Musketeers really, they really gave it their all outside of, you know, kind of the last three to four minutes um, in the first half and not really coming out of the out of the gates firing in the second half. Um, those kind of four to six minutes really, really, uh, the, that drought there really, you know, just kind of killed um, Xavier's hopes at getting out of, um, you know, getting out of there with a win on uh, on Saturday. So um, sitting at 52nd in the net, um, I don't think things are completely dead yet, but you're, you know, 13-11 overall, you're looking at a situation where, 
maybe you don't have to win out, but you got to get a lot of big wins here down the stretch. Um, at, you know, at Seton Hall on Wednesday, that's a huge one. Um, you know, and then uh, you have home versus Providence at Marquette, home to Paul at Georgetown at Butler, home Marquette to kind of wrap it up. So um, definitely, you know, I wouldn't say right off the Musketeers just yet. Um, obviously, you really never can, especially with Sean Miller as the head coach and with the Big East, you know, tournament on the horizon. But a really tough loss for Xavier. Um, we'll get more commentary from Graham here, hopefully middle of the week. If not, definitely next week we'll get back on our normal schedule. Um, and, yeah, a really tough week, uh, or at least tough weekend for Xavier. But definitely don't think we're in any position um, where we're where we're out of any tournament conversation just yet. So, um, anywho, thank you all for joining me on this real quick solo pod. I, of course, as always, go went way over um, my time allotment here. Um, it's, I feel like I feel like it's like the Grammys. They got the flashing red sign. Please stop uh, in the background by the camera. So I'm gonna hop off here. Hopefully we'll get Graham on midweek. Um, if not, definitely uh, early next week we will talk to you um, again real soon. As always, thank you all very much for ju- tuning in. Uh, just myself, Evan Sibyl, today on the Norwood Noise Podcast, Tuesday, February 13th. Again, we'll talk to you again here real soon. Thanks again, as always, for listening, tuning in. Talk to you again soon. Cheers. <laughs>